When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to a special Royal Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Carroll, and I'm joined by former Everton left-back Lee Molyneux. Lee joined Everton in 2000 and came through the academy ranks at the Blues until he departed for Southampton in 2009. Lee is forthright and honest about his career, which included becoming an England youth international, playing alongside Theo Walcott, Daniel Sturridge and Morgan Schneidlin, as well as the trials and tribulations of a young player attempting to make his way in the professional game. This is a must-listen for all Blues, but especially those who have young children wanting to make their own pathway in the cutthroat world of the professional game. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Obviously, we'll start from the beginning and... How did it come about? Obviously, Everton bringing you into the club as a as a young young boy. Yeah. Um, well, initially I was playing for Whiston Juniors, the team that um, Stephen Gerrard come through. Yeah. It's like a lot of lads from Height and Prescott area. We all that was like probably the best team in the area. It was renowned for like you know the best kids playing for them. We'd win leagues and stuff, and then um, I got scouted by Everton. When I was eight, um, and I joined. It was centre of excellence at that time. And I joined there, yeah. and um, I'd only, but I only stayed there for twelve months. And um, they released me initially, <laughs> and um, so at the time I went down to um, Hope University in Chilwell because Wrexham had the satellite group down there, and a lot of lad, like a lot of lads down there. Um, a lot of scouts lads were playing for Wrexham because they were trying to, like, you know, get players uh, who dropped out of Evan and Liverpool maybe and picked them up. And, like, even thinking back now, like, I've played with Craig Noon there, who's gone on to play in the Premier League, um, Sean McConville, who's doing well at Accrington, had a promotion, um, Jamie Jones, who, again, went back to Everton with me. He's at Wigan now. See the goal? So they were... He's a goalkeeper, yeah. So um, I stayed at Wrexham for 18 months um, and they brought me on loads and they had a lot of a lot of the coaches there end up getting moved to academy clubs because they saw the head at the time. And I was playing height and school boys at 11 and Everton showing interest in me again and, um, and Liverpool and I decided to go back to Everton and then and then I'd, I'd come on loads in those 18 months at Wrexham but then I stayed at Everton and from 11 till I was 19 then and was you a, was you a big Evertonian growing up as well or was oh you, yeah, yeah yeah always like my dad is a, he's a mad blue he followed Everton all through the well he was actually a professional boxer but he loved football as well he loved Everton and his dad was a big blue and my dad would follow Evan around in the 80s and 90s and even like early 2000s and stuff. Um, he doesn't go as much now, but we're all crazy blues in our family. So, yeah, I wasn't no way I was joining the fool anyway. 
And, you know, once you start getting to that age, around 16, 17, and, you know, yeah. start doing a little bit of work sometimes, you know, under David Moyes and the first team, is it is it surreal? And do you start thinking, oh, my God, I've, I've got a chance here? Um, I'd say I'm 14, 15. Um, it was me... Kissock, um, and we we got picked to play for England at the time. I was playing the age group up too, and um, I th- it's a hard one because I look back now and it, it, you don't probably realise what I had at the time. But yeah. you know, at the time it was just I was playing for England. I was confident in myself. Um, I, I think I got offered a scholarship and pro contract after being along with JP. Um, not really in the sense that you're going to make him play forever and I knew how hard that would be but like I sort of knew what was coming over the next few years that I'd, go, I'd be leaving school and um, and joining Everton full time um, but looking back now I probably didn't realise how big of a thing it was you know um, so yeah it, I don't sort of have any regrets because, yeah. you know, I've got kids now and I always, I'm one of them. If you would have went down a different and maybe I wouldn't have had the kids or didn't work out this way and that way, I'm just grateful, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I probably didn't, I don't think you do as, as a, you know, a teenager, grasp how big of a chance you've got. And I think that's where now I think um, I seen something on BT Sport not long back and Frank Lampard was talking about it and I think you know young kids and teenagers they need to be aware of how, how hard it's going to be yeah. to become a Premier League football I think he said it was 1% that actually come through and play Premier League football so I think they, they should be more to be made of aware that Okay, you've got a chance now, but the chances, the likelihood is that you're probably not going to play for Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool, Man City. Yeah. But you've got to be really, really special. Um, and you've got to work hard and you've got to get a bit of luck. And the manager's got to fancy you. And you've got to be lucky in the sense of first team, established first team players might get injured and you get a chance and then you do well in that game. And there's so many factors, but I think. Um, they need to be made more aware that how hard it is and, and obviously stick with education as well and and but you can still forge out careers, you know, in the lower leagues and yeah. earn a decent living and so it's not to be all and end all, although it's probably heartbreaking for some where they get released and then you can't act back from them mentally. But I don't think they've prepared themselves for that downfall, you know, of the realization of dropping down, and 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 there's always a chance that you can drop down and then come back up. And I think you see more now, especially since Jamie Vardy come through. Yeah, the you know clubs are looking at lower leagues and even down to the national league level. There's scouts that game so as I said it's not the be all and end all I think you've got to be mentally strong to to stay in the game and having a you know a professional career and we'll come back to the academy system a little bit later yeah. on but something you say there obviously you've got to have a bit of a luck in the academy yeah. system because could you say maybe if anything you, 
you didn't get a lot of luck at all in terms of the time of the injury you got. And while you're injured, yeah. Everton sign Leighton Baines. I mean, yeah. not a lot of luck in that, is there? <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, I do think ultimately, if you're good enough, then you probably will. Yeah get your chance somewhere along the way you know and I think a lot of these Premier League managers they can they can look at players and train and they sort of make a quick judgement on them whether they'd be ready or not or whether they trust you and your character and I th- you know I think the top players will eventually always get there somehow yeah. you know I know you say Rashford had a bit of luck but I love you look at him now and his qualities, I think even if he didn't have made his debut at that time, I think he would have come through anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know, because he's, he's that good and stuff. And um, But, yeah, you do, you, you, do, you do need a little bit of luck. I look at Trent now and, you know, Blind was an established first team player and then he got injured and then Gomez got injured and then Conor Randall was away on loan and now he got his chance. But he took his chance, you know, so you do need the luck maybe in terms of getting a chance but then it's ultimately down to the player and his qualities uh, to prove he's good enough then and while you were at Everton you've and, and for England as well you've featured yeah. alongside Jack Rodwell JP Kissick you know Kane Jose yeah. Baxter Theo Walcott yeah. Daniel Sturge I mean what a seven aside team that would be what was, it, what was it like playing alongside some of these lads I mean some people listening might yeah. not have heard of JP Kissick but he was some player back in the day wasn't he yeah, JPF 14, 15, 16 was probably, he was the best player I played with at that, at that time for my own age group. He was magical. He could, he'd beat players like it was nothing. He, he was like a little messy in the ass type. He was, he was top drawn. I, I even played with him not long back um, last year playing father side and he still has quality, you know. But yeah. I think, it, obviously, pro game now since I left school it's you need a lot more than you know just quality as well you, you need everything to be a Premier League player you know and um, I think even the ones that do get a chance and they end up falling down a league it's because you've, you've got to be on it every day you've got to live your life right you've got to eat well you've got to um, perform every day in training um, and it's all got to come together you need the full package you know and I think the league even when I left school and looking back like how much it's changed and I think the quality will go up every year it's just it's the best league in the world with the best players so you know I think you need everything but JP at, at the time he was he was unbelievable you know I played with Daniel Sturridge Again, he's another one who's, who's, who always stood out. Um, England levels scored goals. Um, and then I went to Southampton and I played with um, Adam Alana and Morgan Schneider. And even at a young age there, you, could, you can see the quality. And, you know, you've got everything. You yeah. know, athleticism, um, first touch, everything. It's just, you need to be the best you know and, and I need to all come together at the right time to, to do it Was there anyone at Everton maybe while you were going through the academy or working with the first team that you'd say coaches players wise that you particularly looked up to or gave you you know some some advice yeah, um, or took you under the wing 
Yeah, a coach that I was with Everton all the while, Neil Dewsmith, and um, I think he left Everton a couple of years back, and he's working with the FA in England. Um, he was a big influence on me, and he always believed in me. And um, and again, I've all, I've said that on a couple of times. And Gary Ablett, yeah. Um, yeah, I left the ball. He was he come in when I was like fourteen, fifteen, and. I was with and at 14, 15, he was manager of the youth team and he believed in me and he gave me games for the under 17s and under 19s at the time. And obviously, being a left back, you know, he worked loads with me, like doing extras after training. And, you know, he was, he was just all around top guy, top coach, being there, done it, you know, played for both clubs, won trophies. So, He's a massive influence on my career, um, and still to this day, like some stuff he's he, he told me, always stuck in my mind, you know. Yeah. So I'd say um, Gary and Neil coming through with Everton, um, they were the biggest influences, along with my parents, obviously. Yeah. And players-wise, he he's still there now, and he's he's done it. Like Baines, I always. Even though when he came into the club, I was injured, the same position, and I think that was the beginning and the end. I thought, you know, he was only three or four years older than me, but like just watching him train and and then seeing what he's done now, it's just he was a class act and class player. And yeah, I've always looked up to Bainesy. And moving away from Everton then when, when your time away, time to move away from Everton came yeah. quite a quite a strange story I think I've seen you say that you were basically you didn't have an agent you were approached yeah. by a guy who I'm assuming a kind of a, an agent for Southampton and what, what yeah. made you make that decision to I mean move so far away from I mean your life yeah. here in Liverpool and, and go for a fresh start yeah well I'd had a bad injury the season before. I was in my last year of my contract and um, because I didn't come back till April, I played the last few reserve games of the year. Yeah. So Everton decided to offer me another year's contract. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I think, you know, now we've got the 23 league and I think players got a bit, you know, looking back... Where like where I was in the system in terms of playing for England's youth teams and stuff and the twenty threes league, I might have got a two, three year contract to give me time to develop. But back then it was eighteen, nineteen, are you ready to play Premier League football? And we had the reserves. Um and it was tough. Don't you know, it was tough so well, I was in my last year and I got approached after one of the reserve games against Newcastle. Um, a guy waited outside for me, a Dutch fella, and he was a Dutch guy in charge. He was he was the same agent as the first team manager there and he spoke to me and said he'd watch me on a couple of times and he was looking for young players. And I was in my last year in my contract and it was December. So um, he asked me if I'd be interested and it was, you know, Southampton, he'd been a Premier League club, although he was in the Championship at the time, but it's a huge club, you know, and I'd seen players leave Everton and drop down even further than that, so I thought a good opportunity, you know, to go in and be involved in a first team at 19 and 
and be challenging for a spot where I'd ever and I felt like I I would have played the rest of the reserve season, but then more I, I I didn't think I'd be staying anyway because yeah. you know they had then uh, Leighton Baines, Nuno Valente, and even less Scott had filled in there at left back, so I couldn't really see a pathway through. So I just I decided to go down there. You know I don't. Everton let me allowed me to train there in the December and uh, they offered me a contract and I signed in the January. And in terms of Southampton again, I think it was, would you again put it down? Well, bad luck a factor in terms of the manager then getting sacked quite early on in your, yeah. in your spell there or, you know what? Yeah, I, yeah, I went in and, you know, I wasn't, I was young. I still probably wasn't quite ready yeah. for championship football but I felt comfortable within the group um, you know I felt like I could challenge for the place and the manager brought me in he started me the first four games and then he gets sacked yeah. and I got sent off in my fourth game and a new manager come in who any of the players he brought in he sort of froze out Yeah. so for the rest of the season I wasn't involved again then I was training with the first team but I wasn't Involved in any of the more match day squads after me after me ban was up, so yeah, that was a bit of bad luck because I felt like if I would have got played the rest of the season and got maybe 15 20 games under my belt, then I would have went into the next season a lot more confident, especially. The club went to administration, dropped down to League One. I thought, of, you know, I could maybe establish myself as first choice left back here and get some games under my belt. But Alan Pardew come in and um, he put eight and nine of us on the transfer list and brought his own players in. So, you know, and I understand that that can happen. You know, it's opinions and. Um, the manager wants to freshen up the squad, bring his own players in, and it happens all, you know, everywhere in football. So I had to take that one on the chin. The only thing I regret is maybe in that second year not going out on loan somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'm playing games regularly, whether it would have been another League One club or League Two side, but I stayed at Southampton. Um, I'm basically wasted that year just training and not being involved and playing reserve games for them. But yeah, so that that that's maybe a bit of a regret that didn't go alone at that point. But you know, what's it's, it, it's what's it like for a young lad, you know, a teenager living so far away from you know your mum, your dad, everything you know, yeah. and when stuff on the pitch isn't going right as well. Was that a difficult time yeah. personally as well? <laughs> Do you know what? At the, at the time, um, I, I I was loving it. You know, I felt like I was growing up. I was be, becoming a man, being down there on my own. But I look back now, and I have my own children, and I, it, it's crazy. You know, I had no one down there with me. Um, yeah, I'd speak to my parents on the phone, but I had no one to sort of look after me. You know, and give me advice and and. Um, you know, I made some wrong decisions down there while while I was while I wasn't involved that season, you know, not living your lifestyle right and seeing as a free year and whereas you've got really no time to waste in football, you know. You know, I maybe looking back I could have 
grafted harder and trained harder and showed the manager that I wanted to be a part of the team, but I sort of accepted it. Yeah. You know, I was happy to train and play in reserve games. And But yeah, looking back now, if one of my daughters said at 19 they're going down south to live, I'd be, be petrified for them, you know, just still a baby, but... You know, it was all part of a learning curve and, and it happened. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think nowadays Everton employs someone. I think it was Joe Royal, and now when he left the club, I think there's been a couple of people in the role who kind of like loan liaison officers. Was there yeah. anything like that? At your time, the club no, was just one checking no. in with you, or and is that something you think could have helped? Yeah, definitely. But as I said, the game's changed. It's even in the last ten years. It's we had the youth team, and then we had the reserve side. It was managed by Andy Holden, and yeah. Andy would add contacts in football, and you know, with playing and stuff. But very rarely the player would go out on loan yeah. back then and you see it a lot more now and as I said players are getting longer contracts are developed till they're like 21 22 even 23 before they, um, they make a decision fully on them but or to go out on loan and carve a career in the championship or league one and yeah. whereas it was tougher back then and you had to be ready at 18, 19, and if not, you sort of relied on your agents or and that's yourself in terms of getting your next club. And it was it was tough, but, you know, a lot of the lads who have played with have gone on to have good careers, and that's a testament to um, Everton's academy and coaches. And since leaving Southampton then, I mean, you know, we looked down the list, you've got Paul Fail, Plymouth, Crew, Rochdale, yeah. Akron, Tramia and Morecambe, Garsley, Chorley, Barrow. I mean, yeah. for you, I mean, what, what's it been like? Have, have you just, have you ever found a place that you think you've, you've, you've called home or is it just, as you kind of said, you know, is it, is it carving out a career and, and, and doing what you can for your own career and your, and your family? Yeah, well, when I went to Plymouth, I was under Peter Reid, and to be honest, I, my mindset had changed a little bit then when I joined there, and I realised that, you know, you need to be need to be on it and time's running out to make a decent career, and I was playing, and I'd, and I'd done well for them, and I was still only 21, but... Then I got a bit into a bit of trouble, and um, which I've done an interview before, you know, with yeah. the times, and I made a couple of mistakes, and um, I, I was out of the game for eighteen months, and then I come back, um, the whole new mindset. Um, um, but it was tough because of what happened to me. I got into trouble, and um, so they look at your past. And yeah, but I end up going to Accrington. Paul Cook, who's the manager of Wigan now, he took me there, um, and I done really well that first season back. Um, one, uh, so I, one person described you as League Two Gareth Bale at that point, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I was at I was at fullback and I got pushed up to left wing um, for the last six months of that season. I went on a crazy goal scoring run and I was goals were flying in from everywhere from twenty five, thirty yards. Everything come off for me, and um, I showed me quality. You know what I knew I had deep yeah. down, and 
I've always felt more comfortable at left back though, you know, to where I've played since I was nine years old. But I was enjoying playing on the wing and great scoring goals. And but looking back now, when I left Accrington that year, I had a, a lot of offers. Um, I waited. Chef United were really interested and I waited on them all summer to make a decision and turned down about three or four clubs and eventually that didn't come off and um, so it was like a couple of days before pre-season and I, I, I was desperate to be in at a club and some of the teams that I thought had already offered me contracts um, Fleetwood and Rochdale both in League 2 they had brought other players in so the budget was tight and so we ended up going up to League One with crew um, which didn't work out great uh, you know differences with the manager and and stuff and um, but no I'd, you know I've learned a lot and down at, at League One League Two National League level you know you don't really get the security of three, four-year contracts. It's yeah. 12 months or two years, and, and maybe that's why I've changed clubs so much. You know, you've got a, um, I've got a family to look after at the end of the day, and yeah. bills to pay. So, you know, at this stage, and really, this stage of my career now, I really, you know, I'm a lot more appreciative of of playing football and looking after myself and the old saying I wish I would have knew now what, what I know now back then but it's a learning curve you know I won't change anything and um, you know a lad's come from Heighton and I've played 300 odd professional games with 18 months out and looked done and dusted after being in trouble and I've come back so I'm proud be proud of myself in that sense, you know, and maybe there's a couple of regrets, but if you if you think about those regrets, it'll eat you up in the end and, you know, it can bring you down. So I've got no um, qualms. I just, anyone who's in a similar position to me, I'd try and help now. I've got a young brother, 17, at Chester, and yeah. hopefully he can learn from my mistakes and... And um, yeah, you just grow up, don't you? <laughs> is it is it strange now for you to you know look at your brother and kind of think you know you were obviously this young lad trying to make his way in the game? And is it a nice yeah. feeling almost that you can give him this advice and you've you've seen it all and and you've done it all almost? Yeah, it, definitely. You know, I know, I know I can be um, I can give him all the advice, but ultimately it's down to that person and what they want to take and what who they are as a as a, as a, as a person and you know you can always give someone advice and the old saying take a horse to water but you can't make it drink it you know what I mean it's yeah. it's it, you I'd, I'd I'd give anyone advice any young lads and I love to see young lads coming through and getting a chance and 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 try and tell them like you you know you need to be on it every day you need to train right you need to eat well you need to go to bed early and sacrifice and not have nights out and you've got to have everything if you're going to give yourself the best chance and then, and it, and if you do and you're ultimately not good enough then you'll have, never have any regrets so. You know, that's all I can... Um, I, I was at Evan at his age, so yeah. it's it's a different position. It's like, where does he go from Chester? So I'm just hoping that 
it works for him in the sense that they're lower down and he can break in at a young age and then maybe move up the league. So it's the opposite way around to me. And so, but even at that level, as a young kid, you still got to do everything right. And and so I'll try and give him as much advice as possible. He's a good kid, so he's not like me at 17. So. <laughs> uh, one of the things as well that I find quite interesting, now I, I played for Everton myself until I was 16, yeah. and as you, as you touched on before, you know, hundreds, thousands of lads get signed by academies up and down the country every year. Yeah. And I think what you said, 1%, 2% at the very most will ever play yeah. for the first team. So what are your own thoughts on, on the academy system, what it, what it does to young lads? And do clubs need to have someone maybe there for the lads who don't quite make it and maybe lads like yourself who at 16, 17, 18, 19 find themselves moving on and maybe a little bit unsure of what to do next. Yeah, yeah as, as I touched on before, I, I think, it, again, it's changed so much in 10 years and it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more awareness now of the chances of becoming a Premier League footballer and I think the academies are trying to give that advice out, but... You know, you still get daft agents in the game and parents who are pushy and believe their son's going to be the next Wayne Rooney or, you know, they get a contract at 12 years old and they believe that the son's going to go on and play in the Premier League, I think. Yeah. Sometimes it's not always down to the player and it's the people around them and I think any kid coming through, they need to have good understanding parents and the parents need to understand how hard it actually is and to push the sons into um, or daughters into um, staying up and on top of the school work and the PFA now provide a chance now for, for you to do courses, coaching or and I, I played with a lad at Morgan he's, he's uh, learning to become a pilot you know so it, anything that interests you outside football I think the PFA do a, a great job in terms of giving you that platform to, to have a backup plan you know Yeah. but in the same sense if you are going to go on to play Premier League you, you need to be so focused and dedicated and sacrifice to your job and practice hours and hours and hours constantly repetition so it's tough you know and and at the end of the day these big clubs now City, United, Liverpool Everton, Chelsea it's not only the looking local they're going across Europe and yeah. South America I'm plucking out the best kids at that age and you're not only competing regionally and nationally you're competing against the best kids across Europe and the world so um, I think to do it more now to be to make young lads aware but it, I think it's based down on the individual and the people around them you know that, that 
and the kid himself realising, you know, not getting... There's always going to be lads who are, like, big time and got a bit of an ego about them and they believe. And, in a sense, you need that to become a good top player. You need to believe in yourself and be confident. But then, I think, in the back of your mind, you've got to realise how hard it's going to be and... and time and if, if you are going to leave that club and your next club and it's it's tough you know what I mean to become there's better players than me that have fell off the game that's for sure so yeah you do need a bit of luck in that sense and but I love you know I, I hope there's a rule in the future that um, Premier League squads you, you know you need to sit in among two or three academy based players in the squad and yeah. you know match day squad and I think that'll bring it on and you look at um, that kid Callum hudson Adoy, I've seen yeah. him being linked to that Bayern and Jaden Sancho moving on and I think kids are realising now that how hard it is to make it the big clubs and other clubs across Europe are Bundesliga um, especially they're giving young lads a chance to play and develop and it's a but it's a result based business as well isn't it and yeah. it's trusting the player it's it's really tough it's, but and I don't think they'll ever quite grasp it fully but um, I think it's definitely improved over the years and is there anyone from your time at the academy and, and at Everton that you're still in touch with, or is it have you all gone your separate ways now? Um, from my own age group, um, yeah, he's kind of still. I still see and speak to JP, you know, because yeah. we got our, his family and my family are friends too, and I was brotherly, and I still speak to Sean Densmore. He's 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 a lad who I. I believe could could have went on and played much higher than he did. He left Everton and went straight to Altrincham in the conference, and he's been there ever since. So really? 12, 12, 13 years now. I think he's played 300, 400 games for them, and he's even a um, caretaker manager last yeah, back in the last season when when he um, when he didn't have a manager. But he was a bright lad, and he, he ended up doing his studies and going to university and play, decided to play at that level but he was definitely could have played higher Sean, he, the year he left he got reserved team player of the season so I still speak to him um, I see Jamie Jones sometimes he lives in the same area as me he's at Wigan he's had a good career yeah. he dropped down to League 2 League 1 he's a, at the Championship with Wigan now I've played against Vaughan a couple of times over the years Yeah, but just say hello to them and stuff and um, don't really stay in contact so much but good memories yeah so for you now obviously you've got uh, three children and what are your yeah. what are your future plans football and and, and afterwards um, you know I'm at Barrow now at the National the National League um, yeah. and we're doing alright we've got a good team um, the manager Ian Ever he was a player he's not long retired he's a player for Blackpool in the Premier League and um, he's at Chesterfield the last couple of years of his career and he's gone over to the management and he's you know we're playing some good stuff and I'm really enjoying my football this season um, at 29 now you know i 
I very, very rarely drink. Um, you know, I eat, I try and eat well. I do my gym because I realise that, you know, I'll be lucky to play for the next four or five years because of how hard it is getting contracts. So I'm giving myself every chance and I feel as fit as I've ever been in my career now, you know, at 29. So I'm open to have a good season with Barrow and... Um, we're pushing for the playoff place and football's funny it's a funny old game you never know we could get a promotion and be back in the league next season so I'm just taking it year by year and, and living my life right and trying to get as many years as I can after the game um, in the last year or two and I, I never thought it but you know I want to go down maybe the coaching route it's, yeah. uh, it's really interested me um, so I'm hopefully going to do my UEFA B license in May. Uh, the PFA will give me a little grant towards that. But, yeah. you know, I like the strength and conditioning side to it. So I'm thinking over the next couple of years, just try and do a couple of courses and then just, and I want to play as long as I can. And that day comes when um, the phone doesn't ring and there's no clubs, then hopefully I've got a backup plan and I can choose my own little route then. But I'd, I'd love to stay in. In the um, in football, whether it be coaching or strength and conditioning, or and even just being able to speak to young lads to yeah. similar situation to me and try and give them advice and and stuff like that. And just to finish, then we'll obviously a big blue yourself. Your thoughts yeah. on Everton this season and Marco Silva doing a decent job? Do you think? Yeah, I you know. I'm on Twitter and I see a lot of um, disgruntled fans after a bad result. Or, but I think um, if you look back to last season, we had Koeman and Nunsworth and Allardyce and all that instability, I think he brings a bit of stability. He's a young, hungry manager. He'll have goals and aspirations himself to go even higher. And I think that will only benefit us. I think he cares and I think the playing style we've got is what the fans enjoy. You know, I, I like to see his press and front foot and attacking football. And obviously, he's only had one transfer window. It's it's tough. And I think Brands even had a tougher job getting out players who wasn't in the plans on big wages, who wasn't yeah. silver signings. And I think that's... You know, we've spent a lot of money, but you can't go gung-ho and you need to balance the books. And I think Brands is doing a great job in that and getting out players who are not in the plans. And I think we need to stick with them and um, give them a couple of years to develop and, you know, properly implement a style on us. And, and I think it'll all come together. I'm positive about it. I think he's a good manager. We've got some good players there. Um good core to side and I think it's just building the squad up to his own squad now and that might take another 18 months, two years but I don't think we should chopping and changing, you know under Moyes okay, it wasn't the prettiest but we stuck with them and in the end it, it come together and we got a couple of top six finishes and Champions League and I think Obviously, as well, we're competing with some mega clubs, mega rich clubs, and yeah. you've got to be realistic. And but I think if we can close that gap and get closer points-wise to the Champions League, and 
and go to the quarterfinals and semi-finals of cups. I think most players would take that, and then hopefully this ground, the ground comes off, and and everything changes from there, and hopefully we'll we'll get back on um back in the mix with the big boys and I still think we'll win the league before Liverpool <laughs> I hope so <laughs> <laughs> well it seems a pretty good place to end but yeah thank yeah. you very much for that I uh, really no worries Sam yeah you've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo